Hey guys, it's Ken. I wanted to share a quick word with you about our new sponsor, OfficerPrivacy.com. Hey, did you know that all your information is all over the internet? Your home address and even cell phone numbers? This is a problem for you and your family as a police officer or applicant. Just do a quick search on the internet. You're going to find all kinds of news articles about anti-police groups showing up at officers' homes. We have to do everything we can to protect our families from these groups. Check out our friends at officerprivacy.com. Using their free software, you can remove your private info from the internet in about an hour, or you can have their team of Leos do the work for you. I highly recommend them. So go to officerprivacy.com forward slash PAP, PAP for the Police Applicant Podcast. That's our special code, guys, officerprivacy.com forward slash PAP and sign up today. It'll be the best thing you can do for you and your family. So let's get to today's episode. From the offices of policebackground.net. This is the Police Applicant Podcast with your host, Ken Royball. Hey, hey, welcome everybody to another episode of the Police Applicant Podcast. This is episode 79. And this is also, also Donovan Heavener's debut. debut Debut as the official uh, uh, co-host of the yeah. podcast. Not only that, but we have something spectacular in that Donovan is not only co-hosting, uh, he's also the guest. So you're going to interview yourself. This is amazing. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to interview myself, but yeah, I mean... <laughs> I feel I feel honored to be the co-host and my second time being a guest on here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so a, 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 an official welcome as the official co-host um, to uh, to the podcast. And uh, I wanted to mention that a um, couple things before we get started. Uh, the episode where we said farewell to Minerva, uh, two hundred sixty-five listens. <clears throat> so that's pretty good. And yeah. um, overall, our podcast, our little podcast, is at 162,000 downloads. Wow. Um, each episode is getting about 700, uh, 700 um, downloads per episode. And then it, it, they, they grow as time goes, but that's pretty good uh, initially. And then let me see what else I got going on here. We have officially 28 subscribers, paid subscribers to the podcast. So that's pretty cool. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. So if you want to be a, a paid subscriber, we got special content on the uh, on that area, uh, pre-releases on the podcast episodes, and you get the episodes for anybody else and special other special content as well. Uh, we're also going to be doing some uh, some uh, in-studio meet and greets with some of our guests and things. We have a special one coming up, Donovan. Really? Yeah. Um, Alex. Alex, he did two episodes with us. Yeah. And yeah. He, I remember Alex. Yeah. He has, uh, he has, uh, he's the one 
that uh, in the first episode, the second episode, but the first episode was he was he had been applying for 14 years mm-hmm. and had not got zero luck. And then um, the second episode covers he got hired after 14 years by oh. the uh, LESD, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. In fact, he was in the class that was running before the, the, the second class that got that car plowed through the recruit class. So okay. he's going to be with us on a special meet and greet with our listeners. And um, I'm going to be, I put that out to the, to the subscribers and now I'm going to put it out to uh, open it up to everybody else, but they'll be able to be in studio with him and kind of pick his brain about how he, you know, what it took to mm-hmm. hang in there. I don't know, yeah. man. I don't know if I would. I think after a few, I might have folded. That's a that's determination. <laughs> Holy mackerel! Four years. Yeah. Wow. And that was. I don't know if you remember or not, but that was the one where he um, he initially started fourteen years ago, and then he didn't. Uh, so he was self sponsored initially, and so he at the time what was it like five thousand dollars or something like that to go through the academy. Mm-hmm. Plus, you don't work, and his grandfather gave him the money. Right, yeah. And then he got hired, and then he was let go through some circumstances beyond his control. And then in the meantime, his grandpa died. Mm-hmm. And so that was part of the factor that he couldn't quit. Mm-hmm. Right, right. He promised his grandpa he was going to be a cop. So Yeah. But he did it. So he's going to be in studio with us, and we're going uh, to hang out with him and, and – uh, get some of those candidates in there that are struggling a little bit, you know, see how that goes. Um, But we're going to put this episode, this is obviously on the, on the podcast, but we're also going to put it on YouTube. So if you're listening to this and you want to see Donovan's handsome mug uh, and us talking about it on YouTube, you can go there too. Uh, Once this is published, it'll also be on, uh, on YouTube. But the, the the cool thing about this episode is this episode is titled the poly the poly exam with Donovan, um, and for those folks that don't know, Donovan is an official polygraph examiner. I am. And exciting you, news. Yeah, you've got some cool <laughs> stuff coming up too. I'll let you get into whatever you want to get into. But um, you recently went to school. Was it three months in California? <clears throat> eleven weeks, eleven total weeks. I went, yeah, in Cali- San Bernardino. Yeah, San Bernardino. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about any areas that you know make people feel bad. But um, yeah. So you spent three months in beautiful, beautiful California, Southern California. Mm-hmm. And was it? Yep. What was it during the summer or what? Yeah, it started in July and went through September. So I think my last week in California was the first time that it went below like 90 degrees. Otherwise, most of the time it was 90 to 100. Man, 90 degrees. You got to put your jacket on because it's starting to get a little chilly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a hot weather guy at all. I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> no, you came from Wisconsin, right? Yep. And then yep. you came over to Washington and those are not climates that lend themselves to who turned up the thermostat to hell right exactly <laughs> so, so that might have been a little a little opener a little eye opener to you but you you had a good time out there in california you were going to some museums and and mm-hmm. all kinds so you you took advantage of of the some of the cool stuff that's out there so that was kind of neat 
Yeah. The little time I had, I took advantage of. <laughs> yeah. That, that was pretty cool. But now you're a certified polygraph examiner. And the I first am. thing I want to get into this with you is, um, so you spent almost three months, shy, shy of a week, mm-hmm. to learn the craft of polygraphs. And I, you know, we yeah. talked about this before. I got questions. Mm-hmm. I know you do. I got questions about poly because we did it. We did a, an interview about this before. And now I want to update because this is a few years ago. And now I want to update people on the polygraph exam because I get questions about this, Donovan. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a, I have a kind of, I guess I get confused about the poly. Mm-hmm. Get the, because every poly is a snowflake. And every department yes. you take a poly is is, is a sub snowflake. It because is because they don't necessarily match up. So I want to get into that a little bit. But first off, the first question I have for you is, what kind of training do you have to have to be a polygraph examiner? Uh, well, before I ever went, in order to be uh, accepted into the school, um, I had to have some connection to law enforcement, um, you know, or military. Um, and my school I went to, they actually required a four-year degree. So I actually had to go to college, uh, have my degree, which I, I had it, so it wasn't a worry. But they want to make sure that you have that commitment, that you have the study habits, because uh, the polygraph school is no joke. It's, it's, it's tough. Um, I've gone through SWAT training. I've gone through motor officer training. I've gone through accident reconstruction training, all that stuff. Um, I would always say that motor... Motor officer training was probably the the most strenuous and the most uh, mentally mm-hmm. challenging until I went through polygraph school. Um, that was that was something new for me because uh, you don't realize how much goes into a polygraph because you're talking about um, psychology, you're talking about biology, you're talking about physiology, you're talking about the human body and how it responds um, in stressful situations, and you have to be able to know. Um, how to read about it's not just stuff that pumps out onto into your computer and tells you yes or no it's it's how you deliver the the questions it's how you deliver your interview it's how you build rapport with the candidate um there's a lot that goes into it um and when i say when i had a you know i would go out and and catch the sights with a little bit of time that uh, i had i was studying a lot there was a lot of studying going on um, it's not a class where they say, all right, well, we're having a test this day and you might want to focus on these areas. It's, we talked about it. You better know it kind of stuff. So it was, it was challenging. We talked a couple times during it. And I think you could feel my stress. There was, mm-hmm, a, mm-hmm. There was a lot of, str- there's a lot of stress eating going on. During <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I don't drink alcohol. Otherwise it would have been bad, but I, there was, and there was a lot of ice cream that went down. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, you got to eat your stress away. Yep, yep. So, but that's a yeah. um that's a um that's really a commitment though. I mean, and plus it's like it's like uh doing college courses but in yeah. 3 months. It's like doing a semester of college in 3 months and it's you have to yeah. uh really be Disciplined, I'm assuming. Very disciplined. And um, there's like two exams that you just absolutely cannot fail. 
Um, you know, they have a, besides the final, the psychology and um, biology exams are just, there's no, no academic probation or anything. If you fail those exams, if you fail them, you're done because they are so key to the, to the world of polygraph that you just, you have to be able to understand that stuff. And um, there, again, there's a lot of stress, a lot of studying, but it was, it was good. Uh, the other thing that put, you know, stress on me too, is, I mean, my department didn't send me, it was all on my dime. So my housing, my tuition, buying the equipment, all that stuff was all on me. Um, so I had a lot of money writing on this. So that's why I, well, I was a little more stressed out too. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure because you're a superstar. Yep. And, uh, yeah, that would, that would stress me out, especially at my age and I'm all done with school and college and I'm a college dropout by the way. So I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even qualify to be a polygraph examiner, but man, I'm all done with that stress and, Mm -hmm. you know, years of police work and all this. And so you kind of put yourself into the fire, right? Uh, on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I was done with it too. And I was the oldest guy in class. So that wasn't. Uh, very entertaining. The good thing is, is, I mean, I did, I had the police experience where, um, uh, you know, I had interview skills and, and able to build rapport, that kind of stuff that worked to my advantage for part of the class. But on the other end of it too, is, uh, you have to get out of that investigator mentality, um, when you do a polygraph too. And that's, that's tough the way you ask questions and things, you know, you're just, it was, it was all, it was a new learning curve for me. (laughs) Did you, uh, uh, were you a troublemaker in class at all? Because you've got not that you don't get along with everybody. Uh, no, I, I wasn't a troublemaker. I went along with it. There were some questions I had for the instructor that you know I asked, and and I thought I was, I thought it was, I thought I was a good student. I I asked the tough <laughs> questions, and sometimes they weren't appreciated, but they were questions I needed answers to, and you know I got through. I didn't. I never got sent to the principal's office. Good, good. <laughs> During the. Uh, during the polygraph school, mm-hmm. well, was there? Well, first off, let me let me preface it with this: when you before you went to the school, were you mm-hmm. were you aware of you know the actual the the actual stress and all the stuff you'd have to learn? Did you know about that before? Um, I knew it was going to be the you know some classroom the because you everyone posts their. Um, curriculum online as far as what subjects you're going to go into. And I know it was psychology, biology, and physiology. I'm not a biology guy. I'm not a physiology guy. So that kind of, I knew there's going to be some stress there. Um, and then I talked to some other polygraph examiners. Some would say, yeah, it wasn't that bad. Some said, oh, it was horrible. Other people were giving me a hard time saying, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you picked the, the easy school. So they'll give you all the answers, which was not the case at all. Um, I think they're just making fun of me. Um, I didn't, I guess I didn't know what to expect. I knew there was going to be some difficult times. Um, I just didn't anticipate that uh, probably nine out of the 11 weeks were all difficult weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's quite a, that seems like it's really intense mm-hmm. um, as far as the time frame that you have. And it's almost like, it's almost like three months is too short. Yeah. There's, you know, there's a lot packed in there and, and everything is overseen at every school. <laughs> Um, that's accredited. It's overseen by the American Polygraph Association and they hold them to it's 400 hours for the basic course. 
and they hold them to that 400 hours. Um, they will come in and audit and make sure that the 400 hours are being delivered. There's no, if you're being let out of class early, that means there's a project that has an assigned timeline, that kind of thing. It's not a, oh, well, we're done for the day. Go have fun. There was, there was a lot of homework. It was, it was pretty stressful. So, um, you know, all these polygraph examiners that I've run into through my career, I know what they went through now and my hats are off to them. Holy mackerel. Well, now you're one of them. I, I know it's weird that I, you know, I, I don't know if I'm accepted yet. I don't know. I'm a hard guy to get a, get along with. So maybe <laughs> I won't be accepted. <laughs> is there a, is there an organization? I mean, I know there's more than one organization around the nation as far as polygraph examiners. Yeah. Um, there is, there's the, the main one, American Polygraph Association. There's one in the, uh, uh, Pacific Northwest, uh, uh, most of the Pacific Northwest states that have their own. And then there is the, uh, American Association of Police Polygraphers. Um, and that's the one actually, I, I have my confirmation that I'm part of that group. Um, I'm pending with the American Polygraph Association and in January, I'll join the one in the Pacific Northwest. So there's, there's plenty of groups out there, plenty of contacts. Um, and then I think just in this area alone, I know several of the polygraph um, examiners around here that, um, you know, we kind of, we will, we'll kind of talk as well. Is, is there, um, is there an advantage to being in, in these organizations or is it a professional, um, just a good thing on your resume? Uh, well, number one, you, uh, if you're going to be doing polygraphs and you're not with the department, um, getting insurance is extremely important liability insurance. And most of the carriers out there will not, uh, provide you any coverage unless you're a member of, uh, either, uh, the American polygraph association or the American association of police polygraphists. So, so I had to make sure I had that all lined up before I got my insurance and everything. Plus, um, for police agencies that are accredited by CLIA or any of those other accrediting agencies, they do require that the police or the polygraph examiner has gone through a, a course that's accredited by the American Polygraph Association. So there's, there's, there's a lot of good things that come from being there. They set the standard as to what we do for a polygraph. So um, when I conduct a polygraph, it should not be much different from when someone else conducts a polygraph. I mean, they put time limits in a polygraph uh, cannot be shorter than 90 minutes uh, is one big thing wow. that I learned. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They have to be a minimum of nine minutes unless it's a re-exam, like uh, someone has failed and uh, you need to bring them in for a re-exam or you got an inconclusive and uh, you need to bring them in. Then it can be a little bit shorter, but other than that, it's got to be at least 90 minutes. Wow. That's a, <clears throat> that's pretty intense that mm-hmm. I've known that they've gone longer than that. There's some polys that just mm-hmm. go on and on, but um, <clears throat> so uh, is there continuing education for polygraph examiners? Like, like tax, yeah. tax preparers, you have to be up on the law all the time. Is that how often do you have to go to continuing education? Yeah. You have to attend a conference and get some continuing education credits uh, every two years. Um, my, my goal is I, I want to go every year to some conference. There's always conferences going on, um, providing some new information. So I want to make sure I get at least every year. It's, it's important because this is, um, everyone thinks this has been around forever and it has, it's been around for a very long time, but there's always new research going on, new studies going on as to, um, the question structure, how to ask questions, what order to ask questions in all that kind of stuff. So it's important that we keep up with it so that we're getting the most up to date, um, information as polygraph examiners. Cause I mean, there's always, 
always some research going on. That's good. I'm glad to hear that you have to keep up on it because I know that there's different types of polygraphy exams. There's employment, mm -hmm. there is uh, police and stuff. And I know there's laws that have to be followed with regard to polygraphs and, and all that. And when you can give them and, and all those mm -hmm. types of things. I don't know a lot about it, but right. um, so you'd have to keep up on that because if you don't, if you do something wrong, then you're mm -hmm. liable, right? I'm liable. Yeah. And they, yeah, there's the, um, there's a protection act for employment regarding uh, polygraphs. That's why, I mean, unless it's a pre-employment, I don't think I want to get involved in it. There's so much that goes into if an employer wants to give someone a polygraph that I don't, I don't really, that's not a field that I want to get involved in. There's a specialty in that kind of thing. And, and I'll, I'll try to stay out of that. I'll stick with the pre-employment and um, if there's any uh, police exams and I'm going to start looking at getting into the um, post-conviction uh, polygraph exams for sex offenders. Mm. Um, that's always an area that interests me with the background of my sex and my sex uh, crime investigations that I've done. So, okay. Well, really good. I want to get into a little bit of the, um, some of the way polys are done, but before we do mm -hmm. that, I want to ask you uh, how, you know, there's um, a lot of people go in and they go, oh, they, they hook me up, they ask me questions and uh, that was it. But there's mm -hmm. a, but polygraphs are a science, right? I mean, how do they work? They are a science. Um, it's, it's really um, number one, making sure that you build a rapport with that candidate. Um, so that they feel comfortable with you. Um, you know, I, and I talk to a lot of people who, you know, they come in and I'm, you know, asking them if they're nervous. I mean, most people are nervous going in for a polygraph exam. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, you're afraid that you might fail that kind of stuff. And, and the nervousness is something that we don't, we don't concern ourselves with because that's a, a different uh, part of the nervous system that's affected. We don't worry about that where we really look at is the uh, under the autonomic nervous system, there's a sympathetic nervous system, which basically is our uh, alert system for any kind of danger or anything like that. You know, that, that system where it tells us we're either going to, you know, fight, flee or freeze. Um, and that's where, that's where polygraph comes in. We, we watch that part of the system when your body reacts to um, a threat in front of you. And uh, every time that we do a polygraph, we have to explain the whole process and what we look for and, and why it's important. And, and one of the big things we get into is that um, as we grow up as human beings, our parents and, and guardians and that, they teach us that it's wrong to, to lie. And that we know that if we lie, there's some sort of a punishment. And it just gets embedded after all that uh, over and over and over again that um, all of a sudden, we're just like, yep, that's just ingrained in us. And when when we want to tell the truth, it's a natural thing because there's nothing that that gets in the way of us telling the truth. But if we want to tell a lie, we actually have to stop our, our mind from saying the truth and kind of jump in and say, we're going to tell a lie. And mentally, um, psychologically, our brain says, whoa, there, there's a threat in front of us now because there could be a punishment coming. And then your sympathetic nervous system kicks in. And that's really, just, we look at like, it's like seven to nine milliseconds of time when the question is asked. Mm -hmm. We ask that question that we're looking for for the department. We ask that question, seven to nine milliseconds, your body's going to react. We'll see that on the system. And that's what we're really looking for there. And then outside of that, we're just seeing how your body comes back down to a normal again after we ask those questions or if your body even responded. If you tell the truth, we're not going to get a response. 
Um, you know, the, the old ink pens where they just kind of go crazy. We're not going to get that type of response. Your body's just going to keep going on a normal way. So what about, um, cause I, cause people ask me about polys and I need to tell them what I know, but I feel like, um, if people ask me about it and I'll, and they'll go, well, I answered this question and I got the, the poly spiked and then they asked me again and it was fine and stuff. And I go, the poly can only measure your reactions to the questions. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking, I always thought that, okay, so you, you know, they ask you a question and then you think about, and then all of a sudden they, they, they say a word like murder. I'm just throwing this mm-hmm. out there, throw, mm-hmm. throw a word like that. And they say something murder. And then immediately your mind goes to this movie you saw last night where there's a murder and all, and you, you kind of, you kind of go, you, you react to that question. Is that a, a real thing or am I making stuff up? Um, I wouldn't say that you go to like a, a movie or something like that. It's something in your past. Um, and some people have an issue with that. And that's why it's important for the polygraph examiner to build that rapport. Um, and, and some people get upset because when you go in for a poly, a pre-employment polygraph exam, the examiner either has your background packet, which could be very big, and they're going to be re- asking all the same questions that, um, your background examiner asked. Otherwise, like I do, I bring in my own background packet and air, and then it covers the areas that I'm concerned with that we need to get into. And we get in just as detailed as possible, as far as, you know, what, what has gone on in their history. We want to make sure that we want to clear up anything that could cause that reaction. Um, And, you know, you've had people who uh, lateral officers always have a problem as one thing that I found out is they will, they will sometimes uh, go through that background exam, forget about things that they've done in their job. Maybe they've handled drugs or whatever. And then all of a sudden when that question is asked about drugs, also that pops in their head. Oh, I forgot to say this. And then that, you know, that pops up. Yeah. Um, You have that stuff going on, but again, a good polygraph examiner is going to make sure that we clean all that up before we get into asking the questions, you know, and that's, that's on the polygraph examiner to, to do a thorough background uh, interview with them. And that's part of that 90 minutes um, getting into it, just digging into everything. Um, Some polygraph examiners actually use this uh, word chart. So like when we talk about uh, serious crimes, uh, and wondering if anyone's been involved in that, uh, you can hold up a sheet and it's got a list of all the serious crimes around it. And then we'll go through each one, explain it. D- does that ring a bell? Does that ring a bell? You get into sex offenses. We go so far. I mean, I go so far as, Hey, you know, um, if you have ever had sex in a car in a public parking lot, well, technically, you know, if people can see you, that's illegal because it's, you know, public nudity, whatever. Um, we want to make sure we clean that kind of stuff up so that all of a sudden during the exam, when we're asking those questions, it doesn't pop into their head. So that's a big thing for us. Is, and, and that's really on the examiner is making sure that we're asking those questions, getting all that stuff cleared up. So you don't have that residual sitting there um, when someone's ask, answering the questions that we're giving. Which leads me into another question, because this is something that drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> or it drove me nuts when I was doing backgrounds, but mm-hmm. um, there are some, there are some polygraph examiners. I'm just saying, I'm going to use this verbiage, but mm-hmm. they seem like they take their job a little too seriously. Like they want, like, like I, the way they act. And the reason I know this is because um, when I was doing LAPD backgrounds, if you wanted, if there was a question about the poly, you could request the, the DVD mm-hmm. and and you could review the the video 
of the thing. Mm-hmm. And there's some polygraph examiners that I they just remind me of the old movies where they're 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 the police are interviewing, you know, they're pressing the homicide suspect and the the the, the lanterns the lights going back and forth and they go, you did it. You did it. I know it. Mm-hmm. And, and the, there's some polygraph examiners that they're like channeling their, their inner homicide detective. You're going to tell me the truth. What's right. up with that? Is that just a some or what? I got to be careful how I answer this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to put you on the spot. I'm just saying. No, no, no. So when I, when I went through my polygraph training, um, that was a difficult thing for me because again, I was an investigator, you know, I did criminal investigation and I want the truth. I want to know, you tell me, I, you know, you're hiding something from me. Um, and I now have to switch that to, to, I'm a gatherer of facts. That's all I do. I gather facts. And then um, my job is to make sure that the person passes the polygraph because they're truthful. Mm-hmm. Um, and just let them know, hey, you, if you're truthful with me, you're going to pass it. If you're going to hide anything from me, you're not going to pass it. Um, so then now it is that point of I've got to I've got to pull myself back from the, you know, that that hard nose investigator, you know, trying to to get at that point um, and just have those gentle conversations, but still get the information that I need, because you don't want to um, have someone going into the you know, when you're actually got them, uh, um, got the sensors on them to do the exam. You don't want them all riled up. You want them nice and calm so that they can get through it and answer the questions appropriately and hopefully get that, that passing, uh, score that we're looking for. So, uh, as far, I mean, there's, you know, when I was doing backgrounds, there's some polygraph examiners I just wouldn't use. Cause I knew that that was the case that was going on. They would trigger them. And I had people coming back and I'm like, there's no way that they, you know, and I ran them through another one and uh, through a different person and, and I got a passing score that made sense with the background that I did. So mm-hmm. uh, there's, you know, um, it, this is, we're talking about humans um, interpreting, interpreting human behavior, right? Um, and humans are humans. Some are good. Some are bad. Some do a good job at stuff. Some don't. I mean, it's just like every other profession. So uh yeah, it's, I just, I try to stick to the training I got. If I stick to my training, uh, I think I'll be doing a good job. Yeah, that's, that's good to know that you're, you are going in with a, to each poly with the attitude that you're not trying to, you're not trying to um, be overbearing mm-hmm. because the poly in itself is super stressful. You know, I mean, not only that, they what what are all the things? Because I know there's the heart thing, the the mm-hmm. pulse, the but what are all the things that you hook up to these people? So the first two things that always stand out to people are the two uh, tubes that go around your chest, your chest and your uh, abdomen, and that's just measuring how you're breathing during the um, during the exam, uh, making sure that you know because uh, if someone uh, someone's breathing can affect how the rest of their body response. So that lets us know if um, there's some people who try to beat it. Right. Um, And -hmm. it gives us an idea if someone's trying to beat the exam. Uh, We have the blood pressure cuff that goes on that checks blood pressure. Normally, I mean, everyone's used to blood pressure cuff. That's for checking blood pressure. We just look for the relative blood pressure and how the heart is beating and how it's reacting to when those questions are are answered. Um, And then there's the um, little plates that go on the fingers or some polygraph examiners use those little patches that go on the hand, but we're just measuring how much um, sweat your body is producing. Cause again, when it comes into that um, 
you know, when we get into that fight, flight, or freeze, um, uh, and there's a threat in front of us, our body needs to um, produce a little extra sweat so that our tactile functioning um, is a little bit better. Um, so it's at that, the last, uh, mechanism that we use is emotion sensors. People sit on a pad. Um, and if someone moves during a polygraph, that's going to affect how your biology and your physiology reacts, um, in certain ways. So we have to make sure they're monitoring all that at once to verify that we're getting a good reading. And it also helps us. I mean, uh, uh, you know, like the motion sensor and stuff helps us determine if someone's trying to beat the, beat the, the, te the test. You're almost like a doctor. You know, that's, that's the funny thing. It, it, it's, you got to know the, the, the physiology. And, um, I mean, we had a guy come in who, I mean, that's, that was his specialty was physiology. I mean, he was, he got into polygraph work after doing like a lot of, a lot of medical stuff. Um, so he had a, a great handle on polygraph and how it relates to physiology. But yeah, there's a lot, uh, not only a doctor, but you gotta be a psychologist too. Mm -hmm. it's yeah it, it's a lot that it is a lot i mean d does your does your police training help you um it helps me and it hinders me like i said during the interview process during the building rapport and doing the um, background investigation um, portion of it trying to make sure that all the information they provided is true and accurate um you have to come in with a different tone than you would as a background investigator or as a, a police interviewer. You have to have a more gentle touch. Um, you have to make sure that you're just verifying the information rather than um, dragging it out of them. Because, uh, you again, you want to make sure that it's a, a, a neutral conversation. You know, you don't want to be looked at the person who is coming in and, and hammering down on them. Um, I remember one, one guy that used to do the backgrounds, um, before I took over, he would always call when he brought him in for a background interview, he'd call it the hot box. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, okay. So he's like, yeah, it's a big stressful interview. I'm like, all right. Um, you know, and I have to make sure that that's not what's happening in the polygraph exam. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's just very stressful. But um, we're going to get into another question. I'm going to take a quick break. But uh, when we come back, I'm going to ask you about if you're able to prep for the poly, because I get that question a lot. Mm -hmm. So we'll be right back. Hey, guys, this is Steve Gould, host of the Things Police See podcast. I want to let you know the Police Applicant podcast, one of my favorite podcasts, is now offering additional members-only content for only $4.99 per month. The new subscribers-only content will feature additional episodes hosted by Ken, Donovan, and Minerva, early access to podcast episodes, special members-only YouTube content, and private meet-and-greets with the hosts and other fans. The podcast episode will still be free every two weeks, but can you believe all this extra content for only $4.99 per month? The perks are fantastic, and you'll also be supporting the valuable work our hosts provide to you. Let's face it, guys. We need people to become cops. We need these guys to guide them through it, to motivate them, to inspire them to do so. You can also support the podcast with one-time and monthly donations. The links for subscribing and donations are in the show notes in the podcast page at policebackground.net. Also, if you're interested in a podcast that concentrates on police war stories and what the men and women of law enforcement face on a day-to-day -day basis, please check out the Things Police See podcast on all podcast platforms, or go to thingspolicey.com. 
That was Steve Gould, our good friend at the Things Police See podcast, one of the most popular war story podcasts. So if you're not listening to that, go ahead and find him on, uh, I think he's on, uh, I know he's on Apple, but also on mm -hmm. Spotify and all those other places. But it's a good, good podcast. Um, so the question I have, people call me and I, this is probably this, probably the second most popular question I get. What do I, what do I need to do to, to uh, prepare for the, for the poly? And I, my, my thing for people, whenever they ask me, I says, do not, do not Google polygraph prep. I just feel like that these things that these, if anybody's telling you to prep for a poly, they do not have your best interests at heart. And you, I feel like they're going to screw themselves up if they try to research it. Is mm -hmm. that any truth to that? Yeah, yeah it can. Because uh, uh, when we're in polygraph school, um, we had to do the research. You know, we had to go out on the internet. What's out there? We had to report back to what we found. Um, there are people who put out their techniques on how to beat the polygraph. Yeah, we had we had to try to use them against each other while we were running polygraphs on each other in school. And number one, I'll tell you, number one, they're difficult to do. It's nothing that anyone's going to go out there and just, oh, I'm going to look at it the night before and be able to pull it off. Um, we are trained in what to look for um, when people are trying to beat the polygraph. Uh, when we talk about what do you need to do to prepare for the polygraph? First thing is you need to be hundred percent truthful with your background investigator, hands down background investigator, be hundred percent with them. And then going into the polygraph, if they're asking you the background investigations, be hundred percent truthful with them. Um, this is not the time to, well, I did this little thing and I just don't want to mention that it shouldn't be a big deal. Let's get it out on the table. Let it get it all out there so that there's nothing hanging over your head. Second thing is, is make sure you get a lot of rest the night before. Um, it's not the time to work graveyard shift and then come in at, you know, eight o'clock in the morning and try to do the polygraph. It's not going to be successful. Mm -hmm. You're going to suffer from that. So make sure you get a good night's rest. Um, also just eat, get some water. Um, I would say relax. It's not a big deal. But I mean, even if I were going for a polygraph right now, if I had to go in front, I'd probably be nervous as well. Um, I know what's going on. Um, polygraphs are nerve wracking, but again, we don't look for that nervousness in a person. We're looking for that, that threat trigger. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I stay away from, stay away from the stuff online. Um, it's, it's not going to help you. Um, and, and if you come up that, Hey, they say that you you're using, um, deceptive techniques, that's going to follow you through the background process if you go to other agencies as well because that's reported by the polygraph examiner that you tried to use deceitful te techniques and it's not gonna it's not gonna work which which actually brings me up to um to a couple of questions one is um you know every once in a while we get a poly back during the background and they would say countermeasures and mm -hmm. somebody who got a countermeasure thing and i i'm i'm the, the the gist behind it for a background investigator is oh they're trying to beat the poly, mm -hmm. and uh, countermeasures were always an automatic DQ. Mm -hmm. If you try and beat the poly, and but there's all kinds of weird things that people do. They pucker their yeah. butts. They put tacks in their shoes. They control. What is a countermeasure, and what what why do people try to do that? Well, and that's, that's what they do is um, they, they, and I'm not going to get too in depth on it. I don't want to educate people. Um, if they're going to try to do it, they have to do their own research, but 
there's specific questions that we ask that they try to get a reaction on um, and they'll put a tack in their shoe um, so that you know, when they need that reaction, if they just stick their foot on that tack, um, it gets that reaction. Um, there's, there's other things that you can do in order to get that reaction for that specific question. Try to figure out which questions we're looking for the reaction on, mm-hmm. which questions we're not. Um, but I mean, uh, the polygraph examiners there, I talked to like my instructor, uh, there's times he'll actually have them remove their shoes. You know, if he thinks that there's a tack in their shoe, um, there's some people who try to, you know, either bite their tongue or do something to their tongue to create that pain. And there's there's tactics we can use to prevent that as well when they're um, answering questions so that they don't have the opportunity to do that. So uh, for the countermeasures, we have our counter to the countermeasures. Um, we can see the countermeasures um, when they're going on. And, and don't forget, your polygraph is always video um, video recorded. It's kept. We have it focused. It's not focused on the examiner and the polygraph or, or the uh, candidate. It's focused on the candidate. We're not in the frame at all. We don't care what we're doing. It is focused on the candidate so that we can see what the candidate's doing to make sure that those measures are not being taken. So so we do everything to prevent it. Um, I, my advice is stay away from the countermeasures. If you're 100% truthful, you should not have any problems. Interesting. I just, I, I find it, incredible that people do that and what what people need to realize and this is just my knowledge of it is that is that the questions i get are well what i took a poly and i was really really nervous and then the poly went off and i and i always tell them my knowledge is that you go in they do a baseline test to Mm -hmm. see how you're gonna how you're gonna react how nervous are you when there's no questions of significance is it is it you know, is it raining today or whatever it is, the question you go, obviously no. And then they get a baseline for how your physiological reactions are to being on the poly. And then they give you the really poly. So they have, they can measure it between the two. Right. 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 And the way that, the way that it goes is um, for polygraphs. When, once you've done the, the initial, like signing the consent form, um, getting through, there's paperwork that we got to do to make sure that, um, you're actually able to physically handle a polygraph at the time. You know, there's some things that, you know, if something's going, we just can't do the polygraph. And then we go through um, explaining what we look for in polygraphs, do the background investigation, go through your background. Then, then after you come back from your break, we'll put all the sensors on your body. And then we do a practice exam. There's no stress whatsoever. And the one I use is it's, it's a numbering system. It's, it's the numbers one through five listed on a pa- piece of paper, but the three is gone. I tell them to write the three on the paper. And then basically we go down it and the questions are ba- the basic of the question is regarding the numbers uh, regarding the number you wrote. Is it the number one? And I tell them to just answer no to all of them so that they lie to the number three. And once they do that, I'm able to see how they handle that, how they're going through that whole test. And it helps me understand how their body's going to respond to a lie. And there's no pressure. I'm telling them to lie for that one. So it's like a gimme, you know, mm-hmm. and then we go into the the regular testing. And, and the great thing about this is, um, and if you haven't done a polygraph, there is never a surprise question during the polygraph exam. Every question has to be um uh, given to you before the polygraph exam, you have to be able to answer that question before the polygraph exam. So basically I always say it's a pre-rehearsed question with a pre-rehearsed answer. Mm-hmm. We, there's no surprises. We don't just all of a sudden blurt something out at the, uh, <laughs> in the middle of the exam. 
Um, there's no, uh, you watch it on TV. There's no big explanations going on. It's just a yes or a no. And you already know what your answer is going to be. Right. So there's no surprises during it. So that's why, again, that's why we say the nervousness isn't a factor for us. We're not looking for that. We're looking for how your body re- responds to a threat. And that threat would be you trying to formulate a lie. And th- there are no open-ended questions, correct? There's no open-ended questions. Nope. None whatsoever. You're giving us a yes or no. That is it. Those are your, resp- those are your two choices for the response. And you will know what your response is because we'll go through it before we ever start the machine up. Okay. So the, uh, so the advice is to, is don't try and prepare for the poly and just don't, just don't overthink it. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and as far as I know, the questions have been the same since forever. Every polygraph examiner will, will have their own set of questions, but they're almost all the same. I mean, they're, they're not identical but they all kind of cover the same thing. You know, some polygraph examiners are worried about four key key areas in your background. Some go as far as six. I just kind of stick to four right now. Mm. Um, so there's, there's people who, who, you know, they're armchair, they're armchair polygraph experts. Mm-hmm. And whenever somebody says, oh, I failed a poly and my buddy told me, Polys are crap because you can't use them in court. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what's, as far as the poly goes, um, are they really, you know, I think people, I think police applicants don't go, I got to take a lie detector test. Mm-hmm. Are polygraphs really lie detectors? Um, I wouldn't say they're a lie detector. They help us determine if someone is trying to be deceitful. Because, I mean, uh, if someone's only telling you like 99% of the truth, are they really a liar? You know, if they're just trying to leave one little bit out, they're not really a liar. They're trying to be deceitful. And that's what it's telling us. Is someone trying to be deceitful or not? Are they trying to hide something? Um, it doesn't have to be a lot. And, and you know, I've talked to um, some other polygraph examiners where someone may come up and it shows that they're being deceitful in some area. And it just might take that quick, hey, so why did you have a problem with this question? And they're like, well, I started thinking about this. Well, now that you got that out of the way, we can run an additional test to see if that was what was really bothering you and get you through the polygraph exam and, and help you pass. So yeah, it's a, you always hear the lie detector. Um, I always like to look at it as more. It's just, it's trying to determine if you're being deceitful or not. We would get, uh, we would get the results of the polys in backgrounds <laughs> And a lot of times they would say significant issues. Um, and and with the polys uh, for LEPD, they would take a poly, they would take the practice poly, then they would take the poly. And then if there were significant responses, they would call, they would do what's called, a, I think I called it a breakout poly or something like that. Yep. And yep. Um, then we, uh, then they would do this, they would, have a little bit of time go by, but it was on the same day. You go and you take this breakout poly to now they're tailoring the questions to the specific areas where the people have the significant responses. But overall, the reason we would get significant responses, uh, I mean, cases with significant responses is because the polygraph examiner couldn't get the candidate to cop out to anything. So now we, it was like this thing and it was left to the background investigator 
to follow up. So is the polygraph, if you don't get someone to cop out, is it really a, a good tool for the background investigators then to use their investigators? This is where the investigators come in and they go, the swinging lamp and go, you're lying. Mm -hmm. Is that how yep. that works? Yeah. So um, I'll tell you just firsthand experience. I had one that um, I had a background going on. Uh, the, the candidate failed the background uh, or the, sorry, the polygraph exam. Um, the polygraph examiner told me he thought it was in the area of drugs. He wasn't certain because there's a couple questions that are asked, you know, in the same session. So he's like, I think the response was uh, on drugs, but it could have been, you know, splashed over from the other one. But I brought that candidate in and like you said, have that swinging lamp, you know, the, the light focused on him, all that kind of stuff. And no, 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 nothing, 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 nothing. And about an hour after he left my interview, he calls me up. Oh, you know what? I was thinking about this and. I forgot there was this one party where uh, I had a group of people over and uh, they, they, they brought out some cocaine. I told them to get it out of my house and, <laughs> and I had to clean it up and I'm like, Oh, Oh, okay. So yeah, you, you weren't being truthful with us then. Okay. All right. You know, so there is some of that on the background investigator. I had another one that uh, it came back that, um, uh, she was being deceitful on uh, drug usage. And I just did some more work on it um, and felt comfortable that she was being truthful. And I sent her back to the polygraph and, and she ended up passing again. So mm -hmm. it does help the background investigator, you know, try to work on it, see if there's any outlying things. So um, and, and I don't know how California is in Washington. It only says that they have to uh, submit to a polygraph exam. It doesn't say that you have to pass the polygraph exam. Yeah. in our state statute you know it's so it, it's on the department if they want to pass them through there or not with a failed polygraph if they feel that they've cleaned up the issue and and found out the truth they can they can move them on yeah and a tale of caution to people who are listening to this or watching it on youtube is that a lot of times you know we would have uh i'd talk to candidates and they would walk into the room with the poly and they would see all this stuff laying out there that they're going to get hooked up to and they'd see the machine and they would, you know, it's like that scary, that scary movie music where you look at it and you're staring at the things, the, the pictures going back and forth and ee -oh, ee -oh, mm -hmm. like that. And all of a sudden they, they go, I did it. I lied on the, on the, on the application, you know, and mm -hmm. it's like that poly, that poly machine is so come to Jesus moment, mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah, it is. But the good thing that, well, not the good thing, but the bad thing about it is if you, if you go into the poly and then you, you, well, I'm going to say lie to, to the polygraph examiner. And then later on you get caught and then you cop out to it. You didn't just get caught lying. When you completed your application, before you turned it in, you lied on the application. When you yep. spoke to the background investigator about the application, you lied to them because you didn't cop out to it. When you got hooked up to the poly and you got caught lying on the poly, that's three lies. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's yep. not just, oh, I got found out during the poly. So my mm -hmm. best advice for people is... On your PHS, just just say it, man. Yep. Yeah, um, that's the big thing is like for me, I do that. I do another packet that's a background packet, and I I don't ask them to fill it out. I'm not going to make them fill out another form. I'll fill it out for them as we're talking. Um, but uh, if I all of a sudden get them to disclose on something they didn't disclose on to the background investigator, background investigator gets all that information. 
So now all of a sudden they know there's an additional uh, thing that all of a sudden you just disclosed that you never told the background investigator. Now you got to explain to that background investigator why you forgot to tell them that, you know, you used cocaine that one time that you never brought up and you somehow forgot it. Yeah. I forgot (laughs) it. I read the question wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things. It's just be, just be truthful a hundred percent through the hiring process and you're not going to have any problems, but some people just can't do it. Yeah. I, that Polly, people think they're going to, they're going to get, you know, they, the background investigators can't look at you and look in your head and go, you're lying. It doesn't work like mm-hmm. that. But the polygraph, you'll betray. The person that's betraying you is you, <laughs> the right. poly. You're the one that got caught lying. And another thing is when people talk to me, they ask me questions. Should I put this down or how how would I do this or blah, blah, blah. I says, here's the bottom line. If something happened, go ahead and put it down. But if you're not sure whether it sounds like a big deal or not, I says, if you... If you whatever you put on the on the application, will you pass a poly if you do or don't put it down? Is that gonna be an issue on the poly? That's the bottom line for me. Because the last mm-hmm. thing you want to do is some stupid, insignificant thing on your on your application and the polygraph examiner, have you told us everything? And you're going, Oh, should I have put that down? That's not the time to decide on that. Because the poly mm-hmm. will the poly, a lot of times, will find you out. <laughs> That's yep. just my opinion. Yeah, it will. So, it will. Yep. Um, do uh, th- now. This is something that really bugs me. Has bugged me forever. So I'm going to give you a couple scenarios that are real life scenarios. A candidate goes in. They take the poly. They 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 spike on some question, and it's it's almost mm-hmm. always uh, undetected theft from employer, undetected crimes, or domestic right. violence. Those are the three big ones. Mm-hmm. And then they they say they show deception of some kind. Then the then the examiner gives them a breakout poly. And now they pass all those three questions, but now they now they spike on drug use. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. During the same poly with the same examiner, different results. The other thing is is people go, I passed three polys with these other agencies on all the same questions, and then I failed it over here. Mm-hmm. And so th- this is what this is what I don't get. Like I started off at the beginning, um, polygraph examiners have a job to do. <clears throat> Most polygraph examiners do a great job. Um, there's just like any other profession. There's some that just don't do a good job. They're in it for the money. Am I going to say that this is bad money to do a polygraph? It is not. It's good money. <laughs> um, but polygraph examiners have to be in it for the right reason. Those that I know that I've met, uh, my instructor, those that were going through class with me, we're in it for the right reasons. There's going to be those outliers that are not there for the right reason. They're just going to, they, uh, they were described to me as chart rollers because back in the day, you know, like when when we first started, it was the pens on paper and it would just roll across and, and that was rolling a chart. Mm-hmm. And some of them are just, Hey, they just want to roll that paper and get <laughs> and, and let the money roll in. And they'll just give whatever, you know, result that they deem is there. And, and they don't really care how they're getting the result. Um, but for the most part, most polygraph examiners, they take the time. They, they try to make the candidate feel comfortable, but you're going to have times where, um, What's going on? We're talking about, again, about human behavior, human, human beings and things in life affect us all. Right. 
and you could pass a polygraph three out of three times. And then all of a sudden you go to your fourth and maybe there's something big going on in your life. That's, that's hanging over your head. You didn't get enough sleep and, and that can affect the polygraph. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why, again, when, when we give you those, uh, the simple things to prepare for a polygraph and just get that good night's sleep. If you have some, some significant thing going on in your life, it's probably not a good time to do a polygraph. If you're in the middle of a big messy divorce, it's probably not the time to do a polygraph, you know? Um, and just, you know, let your background investigator know, I might not be in the best frame of mind right now to, to come in and do that polygraph. And a, a good polygraph examiner will go through that and make sure people are suitable. If there's some big thing, a recent death in someone's life or whatever, it might not be a good time to do that polygraph. You might need to put it off for a little bit. Um, yeah. Because I mean, we have to remember, again, I go back to, and this was just hammered into me. We're dealing with human beings, human behavior, the way the body works. Polygraphs are not 100%. Because again, it's it's a human being interpreting another human being with some um, scientific backing. Uh, so there's, is it a hundred percent science? It's not. Is it a very reliable science? It's. I think it's a very reliable science from the research that I saw. Um, I'm more confident in the polygraph process now that I went to school. Very cool. Did um, that answer your questions, Ken? Yeah, you threw a lot at me there. <laughs> I, I'm try. I try not to. I try not to put you on the spot because I know there's like yeah. professional things that you got to consider. But so mm-hmm. so it sounds like it sounds like background investigators, and we've talked about this. Where there are some background investigators that should not be background investigators, <laughs> and there's some cops that shouldn't be cops. I mean, it's every, there's doctors that shouldn't be doctors. I mean, it's in every profession. You're going to have it. You know what it what. I go back to uh, one of my first things for um, our paid paid subscription. What's your why? Why are you doing what you're doing? You know, why do you want to do what you're doing? If you're in polygraph exams for the money, you're in it for the wrong reasons. You're not going to do a good polygraph exam. If you're in it because you want to make sure that we're getting the best of the best in law enforcement, or you want to crack the the big uh, cases that are going on because you're doing it for a police department then you're in it for the right reason. But if you're in it for the money and you just want to be a chart roller and just collect the dollar bills, you're in it for the wrong reason. That's, that's really cool. I think that one of the big things that I just took from what you said earlier was that if you're going through a stressful time, just maybe not a good idea to, to go through, do the poly uh, mm-hmm. because it could greatly affect the results. And so a lot of people don't think about that. You know, you may be going, somebody could have, you know, died and, or you mm-hmm. broke up with your significant other or whatever. And it could cause a lot of stress. Right. So, um, yeah, that's very good advice. So, um, I, I think you've answered all my questions. This is a good interview. Yeah. It's fun. I like, I, I love now that I know about polygraphs, I love talking about them. I love talking about them. I love conducting the polygraph exam. Um, and you know, when I said, uh, you know, minimum time is an hour and a half. I mean, just me being on this podcast, you know, I like to talk. I haven't had one that was like even close to being 90 minutes or about two, (laughs) at least two hours is the shortest one. Um, I go about two and a half hours so that I can get a good, build a good rapport, get a good feeling of what they've done in their background, make sure I'm not missing anything. Because my goal is to make sure that you pass the exam as long as you're telling the truth. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a good way to look at it. Um, so you are, I put your, I've put your, um, your website up PNW polygraph services.com PNW polygraph services.com. So 
for not not obviously not nationwide, but for Washington State, you provide services if candidates. What, what can they take a poly? What what did it, what's available to to them? Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things. If uh, you know, I I'm focusing on pre-employment right now. Um, and, uh, it's limited for me because I still have my full-time job. So I'm doing it nights and weekends right now. Um, but if there's a candidate who is really stressed out and they'd like to do a practice polygraph, um, you know, you can give me a call. We can work something out. Obviously it won't be free. I've got to cover my time yeah. and my, and my, uh, big expenses from school. Um, but you know, I'm more than willing to help out if there's an issue going on, you can reach out to me and we can, um, talk about it. Um, but the, the good thing is, is uh, I don't know that we've talked about this yet, but uh, uh, I am actually retiring from law enforcement. Uh, yes. My last my last day will be December 31st. <laughs> <laughs> and then that that's going to be my focus then moving forward um, after uh, after I take a little bit of time to myself is uh, building the polygraph uh, business to do more of the pre-employment polygraphs. Um, I might get back into some background investigations with some companies. So, cool. yeah. So, but uh, yeah, if candidates have issues, they can always, you, you guys have my uh, email address um, through the podcast here. You can always send something out to me and, and we can talk about it and see if there's something we can do to help you out. Yeah. If you need to get a hold of uh, Donovan, obviously at pnwpolygraphservices.com. You can also contact him at Donovan at policebackground.net. But this is a new chapter in your life. Congratulations on retirement. You made it to the finish line. Well, I got, I got a little over what, almost two months yet to go. (laughs) Still two months versus 30 years or or whatever time that you did. But that's, uh, that's outstanding. I always get excited about that. I've been retired. How long have I been retired? 20 years. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, you told us 20 years, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that's, I can tell you, it's a, it's a different world. It's amazing. It's just the greatest mm-hmm. thing ever. So congratulations to that. Congratulations on your new full-time gig as mm-hmm. a podcast co-host. We're going to be yeah. doing great things. Uh, we are going into season four in January. Season four. Man. That's awesome. That's pretty amazing. So, mm-hmm. um I appreciate you. It's kind of funny because I'm, I'm, I'm like, I appreciate you being here, Donovan. Well, you're supposed to be here. You're the co-host. So how does that work? Oh, it's good talking about this though. I think this is an important topic for the, for all of our listeners, uh, the polygraphs. So, cause that is one of the more stressful things through the hiring process. Yeah. Yeah. And as a background investigator, uh, you know, I get the end results of the polys and, um, it's a really big deal. I knew I knew a candidate that failed seven polys, mm-hmm. seven. And once you start getting that, and then people always ask, ah, "What's the deal with the poly?" And I go, "You have to pass our poly mm-hmm. because all, the poly results can be different from one agency to another. So we can't go, oh, you failed Donovan's poly, so we're gonna we're gonna DQ you.' It doesn't work like that, right? Right. So yep. As long as, as you, long as you have a good background investigator who says, yep, we need to dig into this, find out why you failed the other ones. <clears throat> Not just a background investigator who looks at, oh, you failed two or three. Uh, you're, you're DQ'd out of our process. And that's, that's, a, that's an episode all to its own. <laughs> background yeah. investigators. Mm-hmm. But uh, all right, brother. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. And uh, again, if you need to get a hold of Donovan, Donovan at policebackground.net, and he's going to be doing his polygraph thing. So this is something that you want to, uh, you want to get in on. And uh, 
And we're going to be out of here. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Police Applicant Podcast. We are the premier police background prep site in the U.S. and Canada. For more information on scheduling your police background consultation, go to policebackground.net. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes.